there, you truth seekers, freedom fighters, defenders of liberty, deplorables, lizard people, insurrectionists, election deniers, conspiracy theorists, and mega, ultra, mega extremist Republicans. I am your host, Becca Marie, and you are listening to Freedom Speak. We are unindoctrinated, unvaccinated, unrestrained, unashamed, unrelenting, unapologetic, and unafraid. We are totally organic and non-GMO. On Conservative Talk, ABQ, KDAZ 96.9 FM, AM 700, and you can listen from anywhere at conservativetalkabq.com. Check out my website, Freedom Speak NM, where you can listen to playbacks of any of my previous shows. Check out other useful resources. You can get the podcast of this show on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and Apple iTunes. You can email me your questions and comments and also get started advertising by sending me an email at Becca, B-E-C-C-A, at freedomspeaknm.com. And as usual, I have a jam-packed show today. I got a couple of great guests in the studio with me, and we're going to be talking about a lot of interesting topics one topic uh, to me that seems to there be a lot of talk about it for quite some time now is oath of office. What does that mean? You're constantly hear, hearing people say, well, you need to honor your oath of office or you violated your oath of office. So it really got me really curious about that particular topic. I did some research on it. So I'm going to talk a little bit about oath of office the background of it, and uh, how it relates to a lot of things that we are hearing about now. So according to Article 6, Clause 3 of the U.S. Constitution, it states, The senators and representatives before mentioned and the members of the several state legislatures and all executive and judicial officers, both of the United States and of the several states, and the reason, by the way, it says several states is when the Constitution was adopted, there were just several states. There were not 50 states. Shall be bound by oath or affirmation to support this Constitution, but no religious test shall ever be required as a qualification to any office or public trust under the United States. And the reason that a religious test is not applicable is because we believe in freedom of religion in this country. And um, people that are running for office, they're not judged on their personal religious beliefs, at least they're not supposed to be. The Oaths Clause plays an important role by obliging public servants to observe the limits of their authority and act in accordance with the powers delegated to them by the Constitution. The oath also serves as a solemn reminder that the duty to uphold the Constitution is not the exclusive or final responsibility of the judiciary, but is shared by Congress and the President, per Article 2, Section 1, as co-equal branches of the United States government. Now, that seems to be one thing that is, uh, the lines seem to be getting blurred a lot these days, is the co-equal branches of government. You know, anyway, I'll go into that a little bit more in this. Although the practical application of the Constitution is largely in the hands of state judges, the primacy of the Constitution ultimately depends on officers of the law, in particular officers of each branch of government, being equally bound to its support. In this sense, the Oaths Clause is the completion of the Supremacy Clause. 
The Supremacy Clause refers to Article 6, Section 2 of the U.S. Constitution, which states, This Constitution and the laws of the United States, which shall be made in pursuance thereof, and all treaties made, or which shall be made, under the authority of the United States, shall be the supreme law of the land. And the judges in every state shall be bound thereby. Anything in the Constitution or laws of any state to the contrary notwithstanding. When the subject of an oath arose during the Federal Constitutional Convention, the founders were divided, as they were divided on a lot of things when it had to do with the Constitution, including the Bill of Rights. Should an oath be required in a free country at all? And should state officials swear allegiance to the federal constitution, or should federal officials swear to uphold state constitutions as well as the U.S. Constitution? Very, very good question here. Delegate James Wilson of Pennsylvania viewed oaths as the left-handed security only, and that a good government did not need them, and a bad one could not or ought not be supported. <laughs> right. The lexicographer and a political writer, Noah Webster, called oaths instruments of slavery and a badge of folly, followed by the dark ages of bigotry. Both Wilson and Webster argued that people would be naturally inclined to support just governments, so oaths were unnecessary. Well, we are finding now that people will also support unjust governments because that seems to be happening a lot these days. Many others thought such concerns were overwrought. In his 1833 Commentaries on the Constitution, Supreme Court Justice Joseph Story wrote that requiring oaths for government officials would seem to be a proposition too clear to render any reasoning necessary in support of it. Federalism also factored into early debates on the nature of oaths of office. Anti-Federalists were concerned about state officials having to swear to uphold the federal constitution, while federal officials were not required to respect state constitutions. In Federalist 44, James Madison of Virginia argued that federal officials lacked the power to uphold state constitutions, but that state officials played an important role upholding the U.S. Constitution. That's an extremely good point. Remember that one. In particular, Madison said the administration of elections to federal offices, namely the president and senate, depended on state legislatures. So let's read and break down the current oath used by federal and state offices since 1966. I, state your name, do solemnly swear or affirm, and I'll explain that in a minute, that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, that I take this obligation freely without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion, and that I will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office on which I am about to enter. So help me God. What does the part of the oath that says solemnly swear or affirm mean? In law, an affirmation is a solemn declaration allowed to those who conscientiously object to taking an oath. 
An affirmation has exactly the same legal effect as an oath, but is usually taken to avoid the religious implications of an oath. It is thus legally binding, but not considered a religious oath. As for the part that involves supporting and defending the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, both foreign and domestic, how exactly is that supposed to be enforced? And if the government employees responsible for doing the enforcing are the ones doing the violating, how is anybody ever going to be held accountable? The fourth federal law, 18 U.S.C. 1918, provides penalties for violation of oath of office described in 5 U.S.C. 7311, which include, an individual may not accept or hold a position in the government of the United States or the government of the District of Columbia if he, number one, advocates the overthrow of our constitutional form of government. Number two, is a member of an organization that he knows advocates the overthrow of our constitutional form of government. You notice how I'm emphasizing on constitutional. Number three, participates in a strike or asserts the right to strike against the government of the United States or the government of the District of Columbia or, number four, is a member of an organization of employees of the government of the United States or of individuals employed by the government of the District of Columbia that he knows asserts the right to strike against the government of the United States or the government of the District of Columbia, shall be fined under this title or imprisoned not more than one year and a day or both. There's a lot there. Number one, uh, yeah, it's there actually is a law against trying to overthrow the constitutional form of government. What if the government becomes unconstitutional? But I ask, what about all the other violations of the Constitution that have already been committed against the Constitution and Bill of Rights that include things such as the Federal Reserve control of money, Hate speech laws attached to a defense bill. Isn't hate speech also considered free speech? Federal government mandated health insurance. Federal judges legislating from the bench. Remember how I mentioned the co-equal branches of government? The legislative branch is not in charge of making laws. Executive branch czars not approved by the Senate or accountable to Congress. Federal environmental laws imposed on individual states. There you have the federal government imposing things on the state government, which is strictly unconstitutional. Taxpayer bailouts of multinational corporations and banks. Oh, that one really got to me. Remember that? Remember when they bailed out banks that were too big to fail, or car companies that were too big to fail, the federal government took your taxpayer money and gave it to a private business. Federal government running roughshod over states' rights, which I just mentioned. Here's my favorite one. Infringement of the Second Amendment. Thou shalt not be infringed. 
Oh, it's been infringed over and over again. Infringement of the First Amendment. Oh, remember the recent pandemic emergency in which they forced close, uh, churches to close? They silenced free speech? They leaned on the social media companies to shut them up and shut up the people that were on them. Allowing illegal aliens to vote in elections. And let's not forget the federal government failing to perform their most important duty of defending our border from foreign invaders. The list goes on. I could literally sit here all day long and list these things off. It's sad. The Constitution has been violated so much that I have to ask the question, has the Constitution already been, quote, terminated by the federal government years ago? The other day, former and many might argue, rightfully the current president of the United States, Donald Trump, made the following statement on social media. I'm going to read it word for word. So, with the revelation of massive and widespread fraud and deception in working closely with big tech companies, the DNC and the Democrat Party do you throw the presidential election results of 2020 out and declare the rightful winner? Or do you have a new election? Trump continued, A massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles. You might say that the Constitution actually does have a provision for that against a tyrannical government. Even those found in the Constitution, our great founders did not want and would not condone false and fraudulent elections. Trump asked a lot of good questions here, and he did not suggest terminating the Constitution. I was listening to CNN while I was out of town working the past couple days just to see what the other side is talking about. And they falsely quoted Trump and said that he had said that he thought the Constitution should be terminated. Now, I just read you word for word what he said. Did he say to terminate the Constitution? No. Although it seems Democrat politicians, in my opinion, are too stupid to see this, and cowardly Republican politicians are piling on with the corrupt Democrats in an outrage that Trump has called for the termination of the Constitution. There is plenty of evidence of massive voter fraud, which more than proves Trump was the actual winner from the evidence provided by simply 2,000 mules alone, not to mention the mountain of other evidence that's out there. Thanks to the verified information obtained from Hunter Biden's laptop, which happens to not be Russian propaganda, there's also proof that Joe Biden and his son Hunter have been receiving millions from our enemies in shady deals, which more than show, at the least, an appearance of Joe Biden being compromised by the enemy. Why are we not bringing in a spe special counsel for that? Why are we not impeaching him? Lastly, thanks to information released by Elon Musk, we see massive collusion between the FBI, the DOJ, big tech, 
the DNC, and mainstream media to manipulate the narrative and cover up the information obtained from the Hunter Biden laptop to alter public opinion of Joe Biden leading up to the 2020 election. A poll showed that more than enough people would not have voted for Joe Biden if they would have known about his connections to the CCP. That, by the way, that's the Chinese Communist Party. I call them the Chicoms. When Trump mentions the termination of rules and regulations, I want to ask, weren't rules, regulations, and articles pertaining to the 2020 election violated over and over in numerous states during the election using the scamdemic as an excuse to violate election law? Isn't Trump right when he states that our great founders did not want and would not condone false and fraudulent elections? The problem is that nowhere in the Constitution does it mention what to do in the case that an election is found to be fraudulent. I don't think even the Founding Fathers imagined that our government could become so evil and corrupt. What do we do now? I honestly don't know. You know, I, I, like, to, I like to end these monologues with some suggestions of what I think could fix the problem. I can tell you, I can tell you other countries have fixed this problem. They've overthrown their governments. I heard of one just the other day. They arrested the uh, the president, hauled him out, because he was uh, in some way a traitor. The military did that. Revolutions occur over these things. You know, we've tried speaking out. Those of us that see what's going on, those of us patriots, the whole January 6th thing, it was all about that. They named these people insurrectionist. Now, which is ridiculous. CNN to this day, and even other con- so supposedly conservative news outlets, are calling it an insurrection. When nobody had firearms, nobody had weapons, and don't you think with millions of people showing up at the Capitol, that if that would have been an actual inter- insurrection, um we'd still have control of the Capitol. There was just a handful of people there. No, these people just showed up with flags and, and maybe some bullhorns, and they were speaking out. They just wanted to be heard. They wanted to be seen. This is a peaceful way that you protest. Unlike in some countries where that would have happened and they would have literally gone in, they would have hauled out all of the politicians, threw them out, would have hauled out the president, thrown him out, and they, would have, and they would have taken over and, and, and started a new government. We don't want violence in this country. None of us do. So how do we deal with this? I don't know. So I'm going to close with a couple of quotes I found from Thomas Jefferson. When once a republic is corrupted, there is no possibility of remedying any of the growing evils, but by removing the corruption and restoring its lost principles. Every other correction is either useless or a new evil. 
The other quote he gave was, who will govern the governors? Remember how I mentioned that? There is only one force in the nation that can be depended upon to keep the government pure and the governors honest, and that is the people themselves. They alone, if well-informed, are capable of preventing the corruption of power and of restoring the nation to its rightful course if it should go astray. They alone are the safest depository of the ultimate powers of government. Well, our government's definitely gone astray. The, you know, as hard as we work to try to straighten out these elections, they don't want to do the one, the one thing that would straighten out these elections. Same-day voting, in-person, voter ID, paper ballots. Problem solved. So anyway, um, got a couple awesome guests in the office with me today. I got Corrine Rios back with me again. Hello, how are you? Good. It's how been about a long you? time. It has. I mean, it's been a few weeks, hasn't it? Seems like a long time. It does, <laughs> don't it? And I doctor got, got Dr. Karen Genter, and you've probably heard her uh, advertisements on my show and then throughout the broadcast day on this station. She's my personal chiropractor, personal wellness specialist. And she has helped me tremendously. And uh, she came in today. She's also a patriot. And uh, I Yes, I her. am. Yeah. So um, I highly suggest her, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. So where do we start with this? I don't know. That was jam-packed. I know. Yes, you were making a lot of notes. Oh, <laughs> where do uh, we begin? <laughs> I'll let you begin, Kareem, because I saw you taking a lot of notes. Uh, you obviously have a lot of stuff buzzing through your head um, there. Um... Uh, yeah, I just this oath of office. And are you pertaining? Were you pertaining when you wrote your monologue to the case that's up uh, up at the Supreme Court? Which one is that? Uh, that's the one where um, it's Brunson. Uh, what is it? Let me see. Hold on a second. Uh, Brunson versus Adams. I hadn't heard that one, so yeah. Okay, let's talk oh, about that. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, I sent it to you earlier, oh, you but got, you're probably so busy because you just. Yeah. I barely had time to prepare my show this week. I have been out of town for three days. Working. I bet. I Good bet. Well, you. this is a case yeah. about the election in 2020, and it's not about election fraud. It is about exactly what you talked about, doing the oath of office. And so uh, it's, it's about the Congress um, not doing their oath of office in regards to due process. And do you remember in 2020, a lot of states had questions about election fraud in their state? Yes. Do you remember that? Uh-huh. According to the Constitution, if there is any doubt in any state about election fraud and it is brought up to the Congress, they have a duty to investigate. They actually have a duty to investigate it. But what happened on January 6th, because January 6th is when Congress was supposed to certify or not certify, remember? Mm -hmm, correct. And what happened? Oh. <laughs> we know what happened. You know what happened. Distraction. Right? So yeah. what happened is that they, conven they convened because this commotion was going, this insurrection was going on. <laughs> the worst on. insurrection in history. I, I know. Well, it wasn't, <laughs> but it was an insurrection on the left. Yeah. It, yes. That's the thing. See, they yes. often accuse us of doing what they yes. are doing. They, in fact, had the insurrection. And why did they do that? 
So they could re, they, they could stop what they were discussing on certifying the election, uh, close it down, and then reconvene behind closed doors. And what did they do? 388 congressmen, wait, 100 congressmen brought up it from their states about election fraud. Wait, no, no, I don't want to say fraud. Election abnormalities. Right. Maybe that's better for, yeah. for some people, right? Yes. And when you do that, you are supposed to investigate. Right. According to our Constitution. But nobody saw what they were doing in the dead of the night because, you know, they cleared out everything they, because of the insurrection. And 388 congressmen voted to not do their oath of office in regards to due process. Because it's in there. If there are abnormalities, you need to investigate. How can you investigate? I mean, how can you see if there's actually abnormalities if you don't investigate? And that is in Amendment 1, Article 6 of the, amendment, uh, of the Constitution. So this oath of office that you're talking about, those 388 uh, congressmen are in a lawsuit right now. And it's gone up to the Supreme Court. And the way that it got up to the Supreme Court is absolutely amazing. These two brothers filed a lawsuit shortly after in their state of Utah. Of course, it was shot down because all the courts now are packed. Like you said in your monologue, they are, they are uh, judicial. They are, they're activists. Yeah, they are. They are activists. So it got shot down. It got shot down. These two brothers continued to fight. They took it to the 10th Citric... Uh, Citric Circuit. Circuit. There you court, go. District court. And they sat on it. And they sat on it. Why do you think they sat on it? Hoping it would go away. Bingo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but these guys are smart. And one of the brothers told the other brother, who's a lawyer, we got to do something. So he did some more digging. He did some more digging and found something called Rule 11 in the Constitution. And that rule state, I'm just doing it real generally here, people. Sure. So don't, you know, don't hold me line and sinker to what I'm telling you. I'm just doing it briefly. It said that if, if there's a court case um, and it's in the emergency and the best interests of the country, it can bypass the district court and go straight up to the Supreme Court. So guess what these brothers did? They went straight to the Supreme Court, filed under Rule 11, and guess what the Supreme Court did? They put it on their docket. Nice. Wow. They put it on their docket. And then guess what happened? The 10th tenth, the, the tenth circuit, circuit. 10th circuit. Finally ruled on it. Of course, and it wasn't in their favor. Right. But it's too late. It already went to the Supreme Court ready to be heard. And what these brothers want is because uh, those 300 and, of course, our senators from the state of New Mexico are in this lawsuit. Oh. Because they voted to not do their oath of office in regards to due process, and they are mentioned in this lawsuit. So it, it hinges on uh, allowing for a 10-day investigation to look at the potential fraud questions and to determine if the fraud did occur. It's not about election fraud. It is about Congress and the Senate not doing their oath of office and violating Amendment 1 to the Constitution. Article 6 of the Constitution, the 14th Amendment of the Constitution, Section 3 and Section 9, 5 and 9. And it is, it, it has to, it pertains to due process, the right to investigate. And they didn't do what they were supposed to do under their oath of office under the Constitution. It's a big deal. 
This case is a really big deal because what's happening now in the state of New Mexico, and I'm sure across the country, they're not doing fulfilling their oath of office in regards to election questions. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, I you know, the thing that I got to thinking about, and I and it seems I don't remember where I heard this the other day, but somebody was talking about that uh, they believed that the Constitution was already dead. And it's like, that's a very, very good question, because if you can continually violate the Constitution... It is dead. Uh, and, <laughs> and there are no consequences for violating the Constitution... Then how does the how can you say that the Constitution has any force of law whatsoever? Right, but you know what? It's so interesting. Is my husband always says that you know what we conservatives, what do you want, Republican or moderate Democrats? The only way to push back and and keep the Constitution alive is to do what the left does: lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit. But we've gotten into our brains that oh my gosh, good people don't sue people, baloney. Right. And so now you have people who are actually suing and, and make, make fighting them at their own game. I think you'll agree with me when I say this, that a lawsuit is is something that a that a Christian does if it is just, you know, uh, doing lawsuits that are for revenge or or I uh, number one, I think revenge is not OK. Mm hmm. But anyway, hey, we're at the break. Oh, already? We are. Uh, we'll be right back, and we'll continue this topic. Okay. Don't go anywhere. I'm Dr. Karen Genter from High Desert Chiropractic and Wellness. For 27 years, I've been helping patients by gently treating the root cause of their health issues, not just symptoms. Treatments include various chiropractic techniques and therapies, such as electrical stimulation, ultrasound and intersegmental traction, or the roller table. Let's help you be your best self by helping you achieve optimal wellness and maintain it lifelong. Located at 5310 Homestead Road, Northeast, call us at 505-292-2226. Hello, I'm Dr. Dan Lafferty. And I'm Dr. Stephanie Z from ABQ Gentle Dentistry. Putting off a trip to the dentist due to dental anxiety? Let us ease your fears. At ABQ Gentle Dentistry, we are gentle from your first phone call with the receptionist to the dental chair for treatment. We offer oral conscious sedation, IV sedation, and nitrous gas. We have the latest technology to handle all your dental needs right in our office. Same-day crowns, 3D x-rays, 3D printing, digital intraoral photos, and laser technology. Let us transform your life by transforming your smile into a smile you can love. We also offer clear tray orthodontic therapy. You're part of the family here at ABQ Gentle Dentistry. Gentle is not just our name, it's how we treat our patients. We accept most insurance plans and also work with multiple lending companies to help make financing possible. Y hablamos español. We're located at 4550 Eubank Boulevard, Northeast, Suite 101. Give us a call at 505-292-8588 to begin your journey to an awesome smile. Or on the web at albuquerquegentledentist.com. Interested in getting your concealed carry permit? Perkins Protection Training offers state-approved concealed carry classes for both New Mexico and Utah, taught by a certified NRA instructor, local woman-owned and ran by husband and wife team since 2004. Individual coaching, ensuring every student learns according to their individual needs, complete with pre-class and follow-up tutoring. 
one-on-one, -on -one, beginner, and advanced classes also available. Mention KDAZ for 10% off class. Call 505-238-1214. That's 505-238-1214 or on the web at PerkinsProtectionTraining.com. Hey there, welcome back to Freedom Speak. I'm your host, Becca Marie, and you're listening to Conservative Talk, ABQ KDAZ, 96.9 FM, AM 700, and listen from anywhere at conservativetalkabq.com. I'm here with my guests today, Corrine Rios and Dr. Karen Genter, and uh, we've been talking a little bit about oath of office. Mm-hmm. And you were on an interesting por point there before the break, Corrine, so I'll let you continue well, with let, that. Let this, I find this case so fascinating because I remember sitting down watching my television January 6th. I expected Pence, Mike Pence, yep. to not certify the election because that's what you're supposed to do when there are uh, concerns of um, election fraud in any of the states. And so I was really hinged and praying that this godly man would stand up and defend the Constitution as is required by the Constitution. Uh, but that didn't happen, and no. it just kind of went away side, and I forgot about it. And then I learned about this case, which is why I'm so fascinated about it, because we are either uh, a nation of rule and law or we're not. And a lot of our Republicans are not rule of law people. Well, the idea that's been put out there on this, like, like with these state legislatures, okay, mm -hmm. that you are required to certify by this date. Well, if you're required to certify it by this date— regardless, then what's the point of certifying it? What's the point of having county commissioners? What what use do they serve? Exactly. Exactly. Same thing with Pence. Yes. If, so, if, if he's required yes. to say, yeah, everything is okay and I certify this, then what's the point of even doing the formality of the whole thing? Exactly. Now, this is the, uh, what is the oath of office that you read? Can you reread the oath of office? Uh, I think you read it in your monologue. Oh, yeah, I did. Uh, uh, let's see here. Let me find it again. Yeah, let's do that real quick so we can understand what they have all uh, made an oath to. All these congressmen, our legislatures, um, do you have that there somewhere? Hang in there. I do so solemnly swear, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I forgot. I haven't had to read it to anybody, but um, it's very important that we understand what we're talking about here because they, they, I'm sure, put their hand on the Bible and held up their right hand and swore an oath when they, uh, on their first day on the job. Yeah. So do okay, we? Okay, here it is. I okay, got it. read it. Wait, go ahead. I state your name. <laughs> that reminds me of Animal House, <laughs> and they all said, "I state your name." Oh, you she's guys, waiting for us to do that. that. <laughs> oh no, oh, we're in trouble. <laughs> I do it. Okay, here we go. Let's do it. I state your uh, name. State your I name. State I your state your name. <laughs> <laughs> we need practice. Yeah, we do. You guys are really uncoordinated. <laughs> Do you solemnly swear or affirm, they put that in parentheses, I guess that somebody, if you're not a Christian and it's like you detest, Christian, detest religion, you can say you affirm instead. Well, because some people do this oath with the with Koran. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
or technically they can do it with the mm-hmm. Quran or any other religious exactly. book that they consider. Exactly. That I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, that I take this obligation freely without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion, and that I will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office on which I am about to enter, so help me God. So here's a question. Yes. And this is what this lawsuit is asking. How can you support and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic? That's a good question. How do you do that? Starts with an I. You investigate. Yeah. Right? Right. You investigate if there are claims that there is a threat even if you don't believe there's a threat, even if you don't believe in the election abnormalities, <laughs> you are required under your oath to what? Investigate. Investigate. How else can you determine if that threat or those abnormalities are true? But like I mentioned, who yes. investigates the investigators? Exactly. And you know where, in in, in January 6th, these claims of election abnormalities came from 100, not one, not two, 100 members of Congress. Can you believe that? What was the threat? That there were enemies of the Constitution who successfully manipulated the 2020 election. It's a it's not a this lawsuit that's going on right now that's uh, up at the Supreme Court is not about a rigged election. It is about members of Congress who voted against the investigation, thereby thwarting the investigation. You are supposed to investigate and they decided they weren't going to do that because they didn't believe it or it wasn't in their best interest to get to the bottom of it for the American people. There were 100 members of Congress set to request a 10-day investigation on January 6th. A few members spoke on the House floor, and then the insurrection happened. When the Congress reconvened late that night, they voted down the investigation into fraud that was introduced. They stated that no further election concerns would be heard in light of the day's events and they pushed through to certify the election and that's exactly what they did now you understand why they had to have a distraction oh yeah right yeah so now i'm sitting here and i'm reading this and i'm like i get it i get it they needed another distraction because that's what the left does there's always a distraction floyd a mass killing to ramrod or to stop legislation through that's what they did i get it now i believe that the left orchestrated this insurrection i think you're right you know if you if you look at what happened they they probably looked oh they probably all set together these people who were conspiring this whole thing and you know what everybody was watching january 6th on their tv they were and they knew they would be and guess who was watching us patriots yes we were we were yeah. I was. I actually was. I never mm-hmm. sat there and watched a January 6th uh, 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 certification ever in my life. But yeah. you know what? I was there watching. Yeah. And I bet you a bunch of Americans were also watching. And they had to distract the American people. That's why police officers let them in. Let them in. 
You remember that? You remember seeing videos? Yeah, they did. Yep. Mm-hmm. They just opened the barricade and let them on in. Yep, exactly. So you now know, I see it so differently. And I knew something was off then. I didn't know what it was. But now the whole picture for me is coming together. Yeah, the pieces are falling uh, falling together mm-hmm. to where it's it's. But the problem is we still have so much mainstream media in which the majority of Americans mm-hmm. are watching that mainstream media. Yep are pushing the other narrative. And it's like they're ignoring everything, just like early on when the Washington, it was the Washington Times, right, that came out with the article about the Hunter laptop, okay? Yep. And from what I read, the Washington Times had not just received that. They had it for yep. a while. And the reason they had it for a while and they were holding off is they were verifying the facts. Mm-hmm. So when they came out and they... They announced that Hunter, they were, they were certain at that point. They had done yep. their research. But then the FBI and other government sources came in and were manipulating social media, which social media already was full of a bunch of lefties, and they wanted to cover it up anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you had the Twitter thing. The Twitter thing. Right? That's what you're talking about. Social, yeah. I mean, even social It wasn't media. just Twitter. It, it was, was Facebook. It was, oh, it was Google. Yep. It, it was everybody. Yep. Yeah. They were all covering it up. And, you know, we're going to go in and talk about that a little mm-hmm, bit, too. Mm-hmm. That's that's more news is coming but out. But, you know, that. I just sit here and I'm like, gosh, did everybody just get together and plan this out? Like, that is a massive undertaking. There had to be more people that knew other than Pelosi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just, I, I, I'm just... Is is the evil just entering everybody's brains and then giving them this same direction? Or are they feeding off people? Or are there really that many people that know and that are that evil? Well, and the thing is, is like what I talked about, how there are penalties for having an insurrection and trying to overthrow a constitutional government, Okay. And I like to emphasize that word constitutional, because if it's not a constitutional government, I believe constitutionally you're required to get rid of that government. Yeah. And, but what's so, so interesting is that this lawsuit is, is naming these 388 congressmen, and they want them charged with treason. That's what that's. And they want them to pay a fine. They want them to have five days in uh, five years in prison and to strip them of any opportunity to serve this excuse me, serve this government again. It is treason when you do not follow the rules of the Constitution. And they not only didn't follow the rules, but they actually distracted everybody else so they could not do what they were supposed to do. That is treasonist. Well, that is and, absolutely treason. And it's coming out that 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 otherwise peaceful crowd of January 6th protesters, the ones that were there for the Trump rally and then eventually came to the Capitol that the FBI had planted people in that audience which were inciting the violence. Absolutely. So they saw an opportunity, and they thought, huh, I wonder how we can incite this crowd and create our own Kristallnacht event. I think that's how you pronounce it. Remember, the Germans did a similar thing. You know, and I always go back to why is nobody saying anything? There had to be more people that knew about this little plan. Well, because I guess if you're a whistleblower... 
you lend up dead. Well, there's lots of whistleblowers coming out. Yeah, but we need so many more of those people, you mm-hmm. know, but but they land up dead. I mean, didn't Elon Musk just say that if I commit suicide, it's not real? I'm not right. suicidal? He did. He came out and said that. He, he did say that, didn't he? He did. Oh, I get so irritated and frustrated. <laughs> well, you know, way back when the this quote insurrection unquote started, um, the information that I saw from people that were more patriots said that they actually brought in busloads of people that were paid to start the violence. Mm. Yeah, I've heard those stories too. And it's like... I, I, I believe it because, because they bust people like when Antifa and BLM, those riots, they were mm-hmm. busting people from all over the state. And I believe they were busting them you know, to different parts of the state to cause havoc. And the purpose is distraction. I think everything is supposed to be a distraction so that evil can prevail in some of those other places. That's, what, that's just what I, I believe is what they're trying to do with everything. Distract, distract, distract. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 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 And make it seem a lot worse uh-huh. for us that are trying to do it peacefully. Yeah. Then, so they bring that in so that it just blows it out of proportion. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like a thing that I've, I, I've, I've heard people tell me that people that I know that were actually involved in, in top secret government stuff that you, let's say for, let's use an example, the 1947 UFO incidents and incident in Roswell. Okay. There were a lot of people that, that said that that really happened. And there are, there is a lot of information out there. Well, you can't prevent that information from getting out there. It gets out there. So how do, do those that want to cover it up, um, they, they, they try to silence some people, and some people apparently have been silenced. But at the same time, what they do is they flood the, the media and the public square with overwhelming amounts of opposite information. So, so the real information, even though it's true, gets covered up with false information. And sometimes they'll even like come out with... Like discrediting the people that are right. trying to get the accurate right. information out there. Right, yeah. Like uh, Elon Musk. I, I think he was everybody's hero before he bought Twitter and decided to uh, make free speech uh, popular again. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was reading on that. Uh, I was reading on that that... Um, somebody was so upset that Elon reinstated Trump's Twitter account and this lady came on and said all hell is going to break loose now on Twitter and I'm sitting there thinking then you have no idea what hell is then if you really think all hell is going to break loose (laughs) (laughs) they go to the extreme for everything you know, but they do that because that's the tactic of it. They use the extreme left for abortion. They talk about the two percent who uh, people that are raped or or have um, moms have medical issues. Two percent, and they highlight that to the extreme. But that's what they do all the time. That's how the left plays. That's how the left plays. Yeah, they came out and said that uh, that uh, I'm looking at this headline. It was in the Epoch Times uh, that. Musk, Musk Blast claims that reinstating banned Twitter accounts mm-hmm. puts lives at risk. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. They just want to, the fear tactic. It you know, is. Just rule with they fear. They always do that. Because that's how you overtake a society. You scare them to mm-hmm. death 
Didn't Into we, submission. <laughs> didn't we learn that from COVID, y'all? Yes, ma'am. You you scare people to death, and then you can do all kinds of nefarious things while they're over there locked in their homes or cowering behind something. That's when the evil prevails. Yep, I said it. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Yeah, and, and I couldn't we agree more. Anything from COVID because now. Okay, I'm not going to go off a rabbit trail. What were you going to say? Go ahead. Yeah, we can get into that later because actually I was thinking about talking about that in the third hour. So yeah, we'll okay. we'll talk about the scamdemic stuff. Yeah, yeah, because there's lots of it. There's more of it, more of <sighs> it coming out. And I'm thinking, did we not learn from 2020? What is wrong with us as a people? You know, I wanted to bring up a topic. Uh, you know, I told you I'd been out of town working for the past few few days, and. Where I went, I'll tell you, I have no desire to ever go back there again. Window Rock, Arizona. Have uh, you been there recently? Uh, no, my husband works out there as well. So he knows. Oh, yeah. Okay. Window Rock, Arizona reminds me of like some apop- a hellish apocalyptic mm. place that you might see in a Hollywood movie. You go there, everybody... I mean, everybody in that entire town is completely brainwashed and indoctrinated. They're all outside and inside, everywhere. Everybody's wearing a mask. Everywhere. This oh week. Oh, my gosh. Walking around outside in the, in the open air by themselves, wearing a stupid mask. These people have been brainwashed to the point of where I don't think they even have the ability to think for themselves anymore. Yep. Well, isn't that what Karen Bodoni said? That the that the nation the Navajo nations, Indian reservations are socialist countries. Oh, are by the way, socialism. Karen's coming on with me next week. Oh, She's going to be my co-host next week, so we're I'm sure we'll touch on that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it, and you see it today. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they ever took the masks off. No. And you know why I say that? Because I live in northern Rio Rancho, and there's Hemis, and there's a few pueblos there, and and you have the Native American community coming into Albertsons to Walmart. And they are still wearing the mask before this new public health order came down from our governor. They were still wearing the masks. Now, I don't know if because their, their uh, pueblos or their tribes made them wear the mask or they want to do that on their own. I th- you know what I think it is? I think that they've literally been scared to death, conditioned uh-huh. and broken. And maybe highly, point- highly suggestible. Uh, maybe their leaders highly suggested that they wear a mask, and that is uh, uh, bullying in a sense. Do you know what I'm saying? It, it's bullying because I know that I talked to one lady not too long ago, and, and she pretty much admitted to me. She lives on the on one of the reservations in Hemis, I believe, and she said that if we do not wear a mask, we may not be able to get back in to our communities because there was a gate by the housing communities out there. And she said if we don't do that, we may not be able to see our loved ones. That fear. So they don't have any choice. And that's what happens under socialism. You have no choice at all. No. And it's right here. So it would be very interesting to hear Karen's take on that because I've heard her talk on some of her YouTube channel yeah. about how the little reservate the reservations are socialists. Yeah, they are. Totally. Yep. And they do so- nothing for the people. No. I was watching a show the other day. I'm gonna veer off a little bit. I was watching a show the other day about indigenous people, women who are being killed and murdered and like nobody so they have to pass all these endangered indigenous women and i'm sitting here thinking to myself okay you want to be a sovereign nation go be a sovereign nation right (laughs) you get so much money hire somebody (laughs) 
to want to work so that they can take care of your indigenous people missing women problem. Well, but see, they want more money and yeah. more help from from the federal government and state government. And I'm just this. Makes it's no really sense. it's it's like the whole it's it you can compare it to like the welfare state. Absolutely, okay? people would rather sit around, live a really crappy, minimal life, receiving a Social Security check yes. every month, rather than get out and work and better themselves and have so much more in life. But they get into this mentality yep. to where they just, well, you know, I, you know I, I, I know how that happens. It's like, well, just kind of like this situation in the state right now. Every single business is short of help. Yep. Restaurants can't open seven, six or seven days a week now because they can't find enough workers. But, but people, they get used to sitting around at home, doing nothing, watching their Netflix, playing their Xbox, and... And then it's just hard once you've stopped, it's hard to get going yeah. again. And yeah. then what's even worse is that then they blame everybody else but themselves. Yeah. Right? It's all the white people's fault that you're not helping us with our missing women. I was watching a movie the other day, and this is what brought this up. I'm thinking, you are so mad at the white people, but what about where's your responsibility? Right. What and are you going to do? Where's your responsibility? The, the Pueblos get tons of money and 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 where's your responsibility in providing for your people and own their own hospital roads internet you want to be a sovereign nation you want to be a sovereign (laughs) nation well guess what that takes you investing in your own nation yeah and quit crying wolf that it's all the white people that it's all our fault and that's where you create the division well just like during the scamdemic i was saying this it's like okay why are these Indian nations paying any attention to what the, what the orders of the governor are? She don't have any power. Technically, she don't, she don't have any power over them. Because she can, politics. They can tell her to take a hike. Sorry, this is a sovereign nation. We're going to do whatever they want to do. Because she may take the carrot from them. They could, have, they could have made a fortune. Yep. They could have made a fortune. They could have not only kept their casinos running full time, but they could have also added events to their casinos. They could have been playing movies in their casinos. But you know, you know All why? the things that people were starving for that they weren't getting anymore, they could have just turned them casinos into just bastions of entertainment. But Everybody you, would have been going there. But you don't want to upset the old guard, the old way of doing things, because then the governor might just retaliate. But see, for some reason, there's some kind of motivation with, it's all money, with these Indian Indian reservations yep. to continue oppressing the people that live on them. Yep. Well, when you oppress people, I mean, what people, I saw over the past power. couple days was sad. It's about power. The reason why you oppress people is why? Because you want the power, and we see that everywhere in the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. We see that in churches. We see it in the business world. So we got a few minutes left in this hour. Did you see the article in which Switzerland is now uh, developing a four-step plan to curb blackouts, (laughs) which includes banning the use of electric vehicles for non-essential trips? Yeah. So so here they're pushing people to get these EVs, Uh and they don't have the electricity to run them. Mm Mm-hmm. But who knew that? We all knew that. (laughs) We all knew that from the (laughs) beginning. I've been saying that all along. <laughs> oh. But no, we just vote in a governor who wants to do more Green Deal stuff 
You know, she wants to limit gas powered vehicles by 2035 and we all have to buy electric cars um and yet we don't have enough oh and then p&m just asked for a nine percent uh, tax uh, in, uh rate increase did you know that i don't have p&m so i didn't know that well p&m services all of new well mexico. i live in the east mountains so who's yours you have a substation? central new mexico electric it's a co-op i understand that but are your rates going to go up too I don't recall seeing any notice of that. You know, I, I, I saw, this is really, really cool. I saw this device advertised the other day. I think it was on, on TV or it was on something I saw on the internet. This device that you plug into your house mm-hmm. and it modifies the, uh, the, the current in your house to make it to a better sine wave, cleaner power. Mm-hmm. And in return, your your appliances in your house use a lot less electricity. And I'm thinking, well, this has got to be a gimmick, but it's something that supposedly Elon Musk developed. Huh. And so I uh, I got one. It's like, oh, what the heck? It doesn't cost a lot. I'll go ahead and give it a try. Don't you know, During normally during the winter up there in the East Mountains, it's colder up there, yep. you know. Yep. Normally up there that my electric bill, even if I'm just doing the, even if I'm, on the edge of freezing in my house, keeping my heat so low, I have electric heat in the house. My electric bill's never lower than three hundred dollars, three fifty a month, maybe four hundred. Never lower or never higher. Ne- Yikes! Never lower, never lower than three hundred to three fifty. Sometimes as high as four hundred. Yeah, but my last electric bill, and I've been running my heaters, was under two hundred, like one hundred and fifty. It's like, well, I think this thing really works. You might have to post that information on your website. No kidding. Well, okay, I would like that myself. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. that's really strange because my bill is is only like one seventy five right now. But you're in Albuquerque. I'm in Rio Rancho. Well, it's warmer there though. Well, it's it's like ten degrees cooler up where I live. That makes a big mm, difference because you're you're way up high in altitude. Yeah, and okay, don't you don't, don't you is. have natural gas for your heat? I have natural and we gas. Are, we have See, Rio I Rancho. have electric. She's, electric. All, she's all electric. Oh. That's why everything's electric. Expensive. I just have like one of those baseboard heaters in each room. Oh, okay. Yeah. So anyway, this thing's crazy. It's like just mm. just plug it into an outlet that's closest to your fuse bo- uh, to your breaker box. So there's an outlet right there by my breaker box. I just plugged it in there, and apparently it conditions the power to the point of where uh, you know appliances more efficiently use the power. Wow. Have you, have you noticed any change, like, in the power of your microwave or hair no, dryer or anything Everything like that? Everything still works just as good as ever. Hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, hey, um, we're getting close to the, to the break. Um, got a few more things in the news I wanted to talk about. We'll talk about that in the second hour. And then also, let's see, what else did I have here? I was, oh, we're going to talk a little bit about what is uh, Elon Musk calls the new Twitter we're going to talk about that in the next hour. And also uh, FBI collusion with big tech mm-hmm. censorship. A lot of stuff's coming out about yep. that. So anyway, everybody, we'll be back. Uh, don't go anywhere. It's going to be a great second hour. See you then. <laughs> 